0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 10 of Becoming. I'm your host Catherine Tang and seeing as how this is the last episode for our first season, I wanted to bring on a guest who has had a huge role in shaping who I am today. So I asked my dad, Brian Lee. My dad is the director of engineering at the city of Markham and it definitely felt weird doing a google search on him and finding things out because he's never been one to toot his accomplishments. Hopefully through this conversation, you'll get a glimpse at his journey and also how it's affected mine. Okay, so let's start with an introduction. Can you tell the listeners who you are and what you do?
1: Okay, so my name is Brian, Brian Lee. I am Catherine's dad, so I know the interviewer quite well. <laughs> um, what I do uh, professionally, I'm an a engineer, but I also um, manage a group of people. So I see myself as kind of a, a leader, a mentor, um, someone who motivates other people. But I'm also involved in other things uh, outside of work too. Uh,
0: okay, so did you always want to be an engineer?
1: When I was very young, I, I wanted to be a firefighter. <laughs> but uh, that was when I was really, really young, and I have no concept of uh, work or anything like that. But as I get older, maybe later in elementary school, I, I this this idea of being an engineer, um, started to to uh, come into my head. I grew up in Hong Kong, and there was a lot of um, building and construction projects going around. So. Um, Everywhere you go, you see uh, tower cranes, you see constructions, you see um, all sort of uh, uh, building activities. So it's something that I'm exposed to and I can see physically and I see things being built. So that's why I became interested in civil engineering.
0: Growing up, my dad always told us some of the crazy things that he would do while he was in boarding school in the UK. And so I wanted to ask him a little bit more about that.
1: So I, um, I was born and raised in Hong Kong and went to high school in Hong Kong. And then, and then at the age of 15, I, my parents uh, sent me to the UK to study. So I was exposed to uh, the very traditional English boarding school. And it was a bit of a cultural shock for me. So all, you, all the stories you hear about English boarding schools is true or at least at that time when I was in school, which was in the 80s. There a lot of things we did, a lot of uh, naughty things that we did.
0: So some of you are probably wondering what sort of naughty things they got up to. I remember when we went back to the UK to visit my dad's high school, he brought us up to the second floor and he, we got to see out over the roof. Um, and there was a spot right in front of, right above the main entrance where they would leave bags of milk to spoil. And then they would break those bags of milk over the spires. And then the milk would just rain down on all the people entering the building below.
1: So the school that I went to in England is in a very small town. So when I was uh, uh, looking for a civil engineering university, I decided to go to bigger cities. So I applied to different universities in uh, England. And I ended up going to King's College, uh, which is a college within the uh, University of London.
0: What was it like to, you know, come of age in in London away from your parents?
1: Living independently is is challenging at first. But again, it's very exciting to be in a big city. And it's very exciting to be moving away from boarding school where things are more regimented and everything is very rigid. Uh, to university where you basically um, have a lot more freedom and in- independence and you have to plan everything on your own.
0: Hearing this, I wonder if this is a reason that my parents actually encouraged me to go away for university. I know for them, university was also significant because of something that happened.
1: Other than getting my degree, um, the other important thing that happened in university is I met this uh, uh, pretty Chinese girl who were studying music and we started dating
0: and that was my mom (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then so you guys started dating in university but then after you graduated um, what did you do
1: after we graduated we were in the same year so my girlfriend went back to hong kong to work but at that time in hong kong in the early 80s the economy was not that good and um, i've heard that Finding engineering work is difficult, so I went on to uh, and decided to do uh, a master's degree uh, in a different city, in the uh, second biggest city in uh, in England, which is uh, Birmingham.
0: And then, did you start work right away?
1: Uh, initially, no, because again, I couldn't find work. So, um, so the school where my girlfriend was teaching, they were looking for a substitute teacher for math. So I got back in October and then there was a teacher who went on sick leave um, and they need someone to come in for a few months. So I did that.
0: So after a few months and through some other connections, my dad landed a job at an architect and engineering firm.
1: I was doing more uh, structural engineering design uh, for buildings.
0: So sort of what you had seen growing up, this is what you were doing now. Correct.
1: Yes. So... For the first time, I'm actually um, not just seeing construction site from from the outside, but I'm actually in it and I'm actively designing something and seeing things being built that were designed by me. So I'm very, very interested in getting into understanding more and uh, seeing how things are done, um, uh, talking to contractors, uh, talking to designers, talking to uh, architects and things like that.
0: So my dad continued to work in Hong Kong, eventually landing a position as a structural engineer for the Hong Kong Housing Authority. During that time, he also got married to my mom. They had me. And then they decided that they wanted to immigrate to Canada. In
1: 1984, there was a joint declaration that was signed between the UK government and China regarding uh, Hong Kong returning to uh, Chinese sovereignty in 1997. So at that time, a lot of people are uncertain about um, the situation, the political situation, and decided to um, move uh, to other countries. And mom and I, both having studied overseas, we we liked the way of living and um, the space. It was something that we always dream about, uh, emigrating to another country. So around the late, 80s uh, when a lot of people were leaving a lot of our friends were leaving our relatives were leaving uh, so it becomes very natural that we we, we want to uh, move away with them as well.
0: My dad shared a little bit about the logistics of moving but also some of his first impressions. Uh,
1: we felt really welcome because we got a few friends and some relatives already in Toronto in the Toronto area we were very surprised having lived in the UK uh, to come to Toronto and find that it's very very multi- Cultural and very diverse. The Chinese restaurants are really good. Um, so it was not uh, extremely difficult uh, to settle down. Uh, again, having lived in, in the UK, uh, our English was uh, relatively provisioned. But I think the big, biggest challenge was uh, looking for work.
0: My dad knew that he was going to have to reestablish himself. So he made sure to do some legwork while he was in Hong Kong.
1: Even before we came over, I've already prepared resumes and things like that and made photocopies so that I can have them ready, that I can mail them out as soon as I got here. Um, but I found that the, the, the job market and the way looking for work is a little bit different. Um, I've tried using um, employment agencies. Um, but again, eventually it's through friends and networking that helped me. Uh, I had friends, uh, engineering friends who I worked with before in Hong Kong, uh, who came over to Toronto a year, two years or three years before me. And so I um, I have their contact and I, I, I uh, connected with them again soon after I got here. And through different people, uh, I got introduced to different work.
0: And so what was your... What was your first job? Was that the place across from Chuck E. Cheese?
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, there was an um, engineering consultant that I started working uh, through, again, a friend of mine or, or ex-co-worker uh, of mine, and they were looking for draftsman draftsman uh, on contract. Um, so it was an hourly job, hourly paid job. And uh, again, I was uh, ready to take on anything uh, just to get my foot in the door. So Within that office, there were quite a few uh, people that were similar to me that are recent immigrants from Hong Kong. So I felt very at home and um, uh, the work environment and everything like that was, was very easy to adapt to. Um, so that's how I started.
0: And then you were there for a year?
1: I was not even there oh, no, for, for a year. Yeah. I was there for a few months. And then there was an opening uh, at the municipality uh, at the Peel region. Uh, at that time, I have no idea where Brampton is, uh, where Mississauga <laughs> is. Um, so I saw. You
0: thought it shouldn't be that far from Scarborough. Well, I, I,
1: I, I was at that time. I was still reading the paper, just looking for jobs, and there were jobs still mm-hmm. posted on in newspaper. Um yeah. And so there was an opening because I did my master's degrees in transportation. Uh, so there were a number of transportation jobs that were open that I saw including the Ministry of uh, Transportation of Ontario. So there are a few places that I applied to. And so I got uh, job interviews while I was working for the, the engineering consultant.
0: For as long as I can remember, at least. I know you've always worked for municipalities. And I guess now knowing that you had done that anyways in, in Hong Kong, I guess that was, a, that was a place that you wanted to be.
1: Yeah, I think a part of that is influenced by my dad, uh, your granddad who spent over 30 years with the Hong Kong government as well. So this is something that I'm familiar with, that uh, someone working for the government.
0: I feel like that's probably why I'm also a public servant, because <laughs> you and mom are both yeah. public servants. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so you worked at the region of Peel, right. and I remember when I was little, I would come with you and play Minesweeper on your computer on PA days.
1: Oh, yes and you you <laughs> went you went counting cars with me one time too yes yeah.
0: i remember that so what was what's what did your job entail those so i was
1: uh days? i yeah, was a person. transportation planner um so i was uh responsible for uh reviewing development applications the transportation impact i was doing forecasting i was doing uh transportation studies i think a lot of people knows about the Hure ontario uh, LRT that is being designed and to be built. In. So I, I actually in, I was involved in a lot of the, the earlier planning work for that. So while I was there, I was I went from a transportation planner, then I was promoted to um, a senior planner. And I was actually sort of, even as a senior planner, I was actually managing a uh, uh, a small team with two staff.
0: And like, even at the beginning, you said, you know, a lot of what you do now is is you're a leader and you're a mentor. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you always enjoy doing even in the early years?
1: Um, actually, that's that's a very good question. I At the beginning, I was very interested in the technical side of engineering, uh, the problem solving, the pure and uh, technical work. But as I get more and more involved in managing, I, I found... It's fascinating working with people, working in teams, how you motivate people. The more human side of it, I'm very much interested in now. I'm still interested in the principles of engineering, but how do I motivate the team to achieve those engineering solutions is is, um, something that really excites me today.
0: And so from there, you transitioned to the city of Toronto. Yes.
1: After eight years, um, I found that wasn't a lot of new and challenging things for me. And so I was looking for different opportunities and maybe uh, advancement in my career. I moved to the city of Toronto uh, after the city of Toronto was amalgamated. And um, there were a number of job posting at that time. And I thought, ah, maybe I should try uh, to do something different and I apply and I got the job. So I moved downtown. Downtown Toronto.
0: And you took the GO train.
1: Yes, I took the GO train because we're living in Markham. We've been living in Markham for a number of years. Uh, By then, uh, previously I was driving to Brampton, but now I can take the GO train and commute uh, uh, by transit.
0: And my dad really loved being downtown. He loved the culture. He loved being able to walk around during his lunch break. And the city of Toronto was a big organization, so it had more sophisticated processes and hierarchy, and a lot more staff.
1: I started off um, in Toronto as a senior transportation planner. I was involved in the most strategic and city-wide type study. Uh, I was also involved in um, uh, working on the new city official plan. Halfway through my time in the city of Toronto, I switched totally into a different area. So I, I saw an opportunity to move to development engineering, which is basically uh, more civil engineering, dealing with developments, dealing with uh, municipal services, uh, sewers, stormwater management, um, that type of thing. So uh, I made that switch uh, halfway through, and it's totally uh, something new that I've never dealt with before.
0: Um, so other than, you know, it being something different, mm-hmm. what was it that sort of attracted you to to making that switch?
1: A big part of it is because I feel, um, even though I, I did my master's degree in transportation planning, deep down I feel I like dealing with design and construction. And so switching to development engineering, I'm going back into reviewing drawings, commenting on drawings, uh, making sure things can be built, making sure can be um, constructed. Uh, so I think getting back into that more hardcore engineering side was the part that I, I, uh, I am excited about. And also dealing with something that is a little bit different than what I was doing before.
0: My dad always had his engineering hat on. I remember when we were little, he used to take us on drives around different communities and he would always be snapping pictures of things that he saw in other cities when we were on vacation.
1: Yeah, a big part of my the way I learn is to look at things, to observe. If it can be done somewhere else, maybe we can do it here in, in Toronto, in, in uh, Ontario.
0: I was in grade 12 when you decided to move to the town of Markham. What was then the town of Markham? Now it's really big and it's a city. Yes.
1: It's interesting how that became a stepping stone. I learned about uh, development engineering, and I guess I was uh, reasonably good at this. And my director at that time said, with the amalgamation of City of Toronto, uh, the different cities previously all have different criteria, process, standards, and specifications. So she wanted me to go around and amalgamate all those different practices. So I got to see a lot of different practices. I, I have to understand why they were done a certain way and how I would transform them so that there is one standard throughout the new city of Toronto. So I have to pick and choose what to adopt and what to move forward and what to modify. Through that, I, I learned how to deal with people and how to work with different people with different agenda and um, a very diverse group. And so having that background, uh, when there was a position opening up at uh, the town of Markham for a manager of development engineering, um, I thought, well, this is like five minutes from home. Um, (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice if uh, I can work somewhere very close and don't have to spend two or three hours commuting? So I applied for the job and I got the job.
0: Living this close to work meant that my dad could even bike to work or walk to work.
1: Now I have been here like 12 years and throughout that time I think I have more than five or six different job titles. So at one point I was actually managing both the development group and the transportation group.
0: And you had mentioned earlier on that um, you're always sort of looking uh, ahead to advancement and what the next step is. Mm -hmm.
1: So There are people who are actively seeking career advancement I approach this a little bit differently. I always believe in doing what I'm assigned to do well and also do a bit extra. So I I want to always to do a good job and to um, motivate the team and uh, keep producing good work from the team. And I think some of my strengths were noticed by senior management. So they continue to move me up the management levels. And then for about a year, I was moved to another area to deal with some special projects. And uh, after one year, um, I was made a deputy director. And then when the the, uh, director uh, at that time retired, uh, they made me the director.
0: And so as the director of engineering, my dad is now responsible for about 50 people across four different departments looking back at all of these things, what would you say is one project that um, you are most proud of?
1: There are a lot of projects that I'm proud of. I think the more recent one or the one that I oft- always remember is um, a few years ago when um, Honda Canada um, decided to uh, move its headquarters to Markham. Is moving to an area where it's not uh, developed yet. It was uh, planned to be a business park, but there was no road, no sewers, no water main, no infrastructure. And we were under a lot of uh, tight deadlines to build all those. And it was very, very challenging. And we, not only from a timeline point of view, um, uh, from a uh, construction and design point of view, um, we've. Designed some really really deep sewers, we, uh, which was challenging to build. Um, so there was quite a quite a. Looking back, that was uh, uh, I feel proud about that. Uh, a lot of people work on this together, of course, uh, both developers, uh, consultants. Um, so that was something that was uh, we delivered it in uh, within the time period that we were allowed to.
0: Um, what would you say is the best thing about what you do?
1: I feel as a civil servant, I am creating a community. I'm building a city. Um, Of course, uh, you work in teams, you work with different parties, um, but you are shaping the future of Markham. You are creating something that people want to come and live and play, and uh, you create the infrastructure where businesses want to come and invest. So uh, being uh, a part of it, uh, is very exciting and um, directing and motivating the team and working with other parties and stakeholders to create this uh, exciting place is uh, what i find really satisfying
0: and i think that's something that probably also came through a lot even um you know in your earlier years because i know that's something that like i definitely picked up on and i think has fueled sort of my love for for cities and transit and understanding how the city works. Mm-hmm. On the on the flip side, what would you say is the most difficult thing?
1: Um, some of the challenges are meeting the, the expectations of different people. Um, mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is uh, council has certain expectations. The general public has certain expectations. Sometimes you have to manage these expectations. Uh, as a professional, you give uh, your best professional advice. Uh, we have to understand that we are only one part of the decision-making. There are other factors that are important, like the finance, the risk. Those are things that comes uh, that comes into play when, when major decisions are made. So as a professional, you provide the best professional advice. Um, you debate these uh, pros and cons, and eventually... Um, as a, a municipal worker, council will make that final decision.
0: And so, we've talked a lot about what your work is like, but I know there's also so much of you that is, you know, beyond your work. So um, maybe let's spend some time talking about that. Okay. So, what sort of things do you do and enjoy outside of of engineering?
1: <laughs> we we like to travel and. As you remember, Catherine, when you were young, we, we went to a lot of places. We did a lot of road trips.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so traveling is always something that uh, my parents uh, took me to different places when I was young. So uh, seeing the world is something that I really enjoy. Going to different places, trying different food, meeting different people, different culture is is uh, interesting. And it um, allows me to open my my eyes and see how uh, different things are done how different people live Um, i enjoy photography Um, more recently i'm i'm uh, getting a little more serious into it and hopefully when i have more time i can i can spend more time on it um also i i have some music training background i play the piano and so one of the things that we mom and i do together uh is we sing in choirs both uh, in in our church and outside of our church, um, and so we meet different people that are fond of music as well. So that's that's uh, it's both relaxing and stimulating.
0: And you also chair the Canadian chapter of the Hong Kong Institution of Engineers.
1: Yes, um, right. That's related to my work as an engineer. Guess, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, also um, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, A lot of uh, people from Hong Kong emigrated to the Toronto area. So there are quite a few engineers from Hong Kong and we got together. And uh, initially I was one of the volunteers and eventually we started this Canadian chapter. And um, currently I'm the chair of that, uh, that chapter.
0: Do you still identify really strongly with Hong Kong?
1: Yes and no. If someone asked me how do I identify myself, I would say I'm a Canadian. Um, originally, uh, came from Hong Kong. However, there are there are things that when people of the same background get together, uh, there's an instant connection, which is good in terms of networking and helping each other uh, and um, sharing interests and things like that.
0: Um, and so. I guess that's coming back to the to the mentorship. I remember there was one there was one time where you had been involved in this mentorship program, and I didn't find out until I saw it in the newspaper.
1: Yes, um, <laughs> I actually started mentorship and talking about uh, new Canadians um, settling in in Canada uh, for some time before this newspaper thing you mentioned. Um, I always felt that I need to give back to society, uh, especially to help new Canadians, because I, I was helped by a lot of people when I first came. And that's the only way uh, I managed to settle down and, and find work. So a lot of people helped me and I felt I need to do the same thing. So today there are, there are more agencies and the mentorship and the help programs are much better organized than uh, when, when we came. So I've been invited to agencies to talk about how to establish yourself. And um, they really like to invite me because I I went through that. So I had a lot of uh, things that I could share with them. Uh, and the people uh, really found that useful. And so agencies keep inviting me back to talk about that. And so um, City of Toronto started a program for mentorship because as more and more new Canadians arrive, they want to fully utilize the skills and experience. <clears throat> and part of the, the hurdle was just to getting the first job. And so I, I volunteered for this mentorship program. And for some reason, there were many pairs of um, mentor and mentees, but somehow the Toronto Star decided to interview me. And uh, they wrote a big article uh, about it. <laughs> And so, um, yeah, so that was the first time I I actually got a lot of press um, on the newspaper.
0: And so this is really typical of my dad. He doesn't really flash his accomplishments. And like he said earlier, he works hard and he always tries to do a little bit extra. And I think a lot of it also comes down to um, something that's really important in his life, which is his faith.
1: Of course, our faith is a very big part of our life. And, and as you know, even when you guys were young, uh, we've attended church on a regular basis as a family. Uh, we serve in different roles uh, within the church. And you guys were also uh, with us uh, even at an early age. We don't see that as a obligation or burden, but it's something that we want to give back. Um, I think part of it is we have experienced the blessing that we have. Uh, over the years, and especially coming to Canada. And when you realize that um, you are on your own, um, there is a lot of help. God has uh, blessed us with a good family and helped us in settling down. So I think we, both mom and I have really experienced this. And to us, this is very important. So, we we spend a lot of time at church on different things because we enjoy being there. We've taken different, we've served in different areas. Of course, mom being a musician, she was involved in a choir, she conducted the choir, Uh, she's a pianist and organist, and done different things. Uh, I've served uh, in different areas as well. Um, Wherever we can uh, do to uh, help out.
0: And so that a lot of that mentorship and, and leadership I know has also trans, translated into what you do at church as well.
1: Yes. and, and, and vice versa. Um, I, I think some of the, the church and the Christianity teaching uh, has profoundly affected me and um, I bring those, um, those values and uh, a way of life uh, into my work in terms of coaching and sharing so I think it's important that you connect the two together uh, that you are not a Christian um, only on Sundays but uh, throughout your life
0: and so looking at um, everything you've experienced in life if you could share one piece of advice what would it be
1: I think integrity is very important I think today's uh, as you see what's happening in this world people try to get to places regardless of process or method or what they do. I think the core value of a person is very important. And I, when I apply for jobs, I put that in, in my resume. I put it in my little portfolio and I tell people, these are my core values, professionalism, integrity, honesty, excellence. Those are some of my core values. And I said, if these are not the things you're looking for, then you, you shouldn't spend time interviewing me. Uh, because those are the things I will not deviate from. And um, and when I mentor people, I said, these are important uh, in a world where sometimes there's no clear distinction between right or wrong, being honest or being dishonest. Um, we see uh, leaders and political leaders that uh, don't tell the truth. I said, that's the way the world is going towards. But, but that's not something that we need. Or something that we should be doing, and therefore the integrity part, being professional, and all those things are very important. And I think having that integrity is important because people, even if they disagree with you, they will always respect your views because you do it, you. It came from something that is solid. In the work that we do is very complex, and you're dealing with different stakeholders. Uh, they have different motives motives and they have different agenda but if they can see that you are true to your what you believe in uh, that is very important so even though sometimes i work with different people and we disagree on opinions and things like that they know where i'm coming from and that's something that i mentor to people Um, i do formal and informal mentorship there are people that would call me up and will go for coffee and we'll chat for an hour, two hours. And um, and I, I share some of these things with them.
0: So I guess before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to share that I didn't ask you about?
1: I think family is very important, especially um, people who are first started with a career. Uh, career is important. Uh, able to achieve certain things in life is important. Uh, I, I often... I always tell them that you need to balance that with family, relationship. Those are things that are important. Life is not just about work. Uh, Life is about having relationship, good relationship. And that's something that's very important. People don't realize how important relationships are until they've lost it. So I said, you know, you need to work on your relationship the same way you work on anything else. Don't take it for granted.
0: So... I guess, very last thing, how Mm -hmm. can people connect with you if they want to get in touch with you?
1: Um, I'm on LinkedIn, so people can look me up there. Uh, More recently, I have done some public speaking, been keynote speakers on different occasions, and uh, I got some really good feedback from people. Uh, I speak from my heart, and um, so I share what I've uh, learned over the years and what I've experienced over the years.
0: Well, Thanks a lot for being on the podcast, Dad.
1: Thank you. Thanks for the time. Bye.
0: Bye. And with that, the first season of my podcast Becoming has come to an end. I will be back in the fall with some more episodes and some more interesting people. If you want to get in touch with me, um, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at scribblings, so that's E-D-U-S-C-R-I-B-B-L-I-N-G-S, and I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening to this first season, to this episode, and I hope you have a wonderful day.